When I was a young boy, then I heard that bass kick, then I heard that hi-hat, then I heard that tape deck, spinning like the earth inside of my mom's car. Made me wanna rule the world and I feel I'm not far. Man, you know this shit is grimy. Justin, we cannot be stopped. This is episode four of the Super Empty Show. We have good guests as usual. And then afterwards, I'm headed to Chapel Hill to see if uh, UNC can avoid losing its fourth basketball game in a row. I can't believe that you are making fun of me for Duke losing to St. John this afternoon. It's just a sorry state of affairs. As Helen said earlier, State is the best team in the triangle right now. I hate to say it. Wins over both Carolina and Duke this year. (laughs) Oh, Miriam's already celebrating. All right, well, this week, uh, Rhapsody did not win at the Grammys, sadly. Um, but at least Ninth gets the credit with Best Rap Album when Kendrick took home that award. Um, Sky Zoo put out a great album this week. I'm halfway through. It's pretty good already. Uh, he's got a lot of NC connections with Ninth, Rhapsody, Cooley High. And also, if you didn't see the Nas performance with the National Symphony Orchestra last night, it was really fucking cool. Just the performance of uh, The World Is Yours alone was worth it. Yeah, I, I do really want to see that. Illmatic is, I mean, it's one of the best albums ever, one of my favorites ever. I'm particularly interested in seeing what they do or what they did with Represent. It's my mm. favorite song on the album. Um, reminds me a little bit of Bad, Bad, Not Good. I really like their interpretations of popular hip-hop. So, um, yeah, anytime you can get live yeah. instrumentation involved is a, is a good thing. We'll, we'll post that link for sure. This week, we're going to be trying to be a little bit shorter because last week, for anybody who made it through, we did a full hour. We did a marathon episode. Um, so we're just going to talk briefly about the Black Panther soundtrack that came out. Uh, then we've got K97 radio host Miriam Tolbert with us. She's going to talk about local music and major radio. And then Super Empty contributor Jimmy Brandley is on with us to explain his upcoming piece about Drake. So we're doing this without our producer Holland today. So we miss him, but we think we can get through it. Justin, next, you ready? Next man up. Yeah. That's All right, let's go. Run it. Run There's a movie coming out in a couple weeks. You might have heard about it called Black Panther. It might be the biggest superhero. Well, it's the biggest superhero movie ever, officially. It might be the biggest movie ever, it sounds like. Ever? (laughs) I mean, I don't remember the last time there was this much excitement about a movie coming out. Okay. Like ticket sales-wise, Twitter-wise, real-life-wise, everyone's talking about it. Um, But before we get to that, I did want to do a quick bonus segment because our guest from last week, Ace Henderson, has a song coming out this week. He's featured on Tree City's album. And they have a single together called Tidal Wave. It's really amazing. Really has like a Catronata Gold Link kind of feel. Um, it, I just we're big fans of it, and we wanted to play a quick sample of it. It's going to come out two days after this podcast is released. So this is Tidal Wave by Tree City and Ace Henderson. You've been around the whole world, looking to have a dance. Maybe no drive through. Backseat Benihana. Let's have a little fun, me and you. We can run, we can fly, let's just dance the night away, let's get lost in this high, but we can't miss the tidal way. Two steps in a room like this, baby, you know I love it when you move like this, sending out in a room like this, you be acting like you don't, but you do like this, two steps in a room like this, baby, you know I love it when you move like this. Okay, so back to Black Panther. We'll be short on this so we can get to Miriam. Uh, the soundtrack came out this week. 
It drops two days after this episode, just like the Ace Henderson and Tree City song. Similar levels of excitement, I would say, nationwide. Um, but I just think, I just wanted to talk about the track list a little bit. It was really cool to see how they mixed a lot of big names in America with a lot of South African artists. Um, I don't know if you saw that or... I did, but I'm, I'm glad you're refreshing my memory on that. <laughs> there's a guy, there's a singer named, I don't know if it, it's S-J-A-V-A, I don't know if it's Shava, Shava, um, but he was really cool, he has a great voice, and he's on a song with two California MCs, Reason and Mozzie, and then there's another guy named Saudi, who is on his same South African label, um, kind of like a future trap rap, melodic type of rapping, and uh, he has a song with 2 Chains and Schoolboy Q called X. Yeah, this is great. I um, it, it just in the in the vein of Black Panther and them really going on all in on uh, the uh, actors that they chose for it, the director they chose for it. It's really brought, uh, opening people up to uh, performers that they're not familiar with. So just in that same vein, it seems like with the soundtrack, they did they went down that road as well, where they're uh, opening up the album to of course the TDE crew but then also some names that people aren't familiar with yeah so I would take it you're more of the opinion like you're on the side it's okay it's not basically a black hippie album because that's what some people wanted it to be like if you took off all these like little names but I'm glad that they brought those in yeah I mean there's more people to replace Absol so (laughs) my god we've like now like hated on him with like half of our episodes we need to get off this um but the rollout in particular, we, we said earlier, it's been really amazing the way they've hyped it. So there have been songs dropping here and there, and then the most recent one being The Weeknd and the Kendrick Lamar song. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll end this segment with that. That sounds to me like the futuristic vibe that fits this movie, whereas some of the earlier drops didn't quite. You know, Miriam said she liked the SZA song, but I, I think that we were talking about wanting to get that Run the Jewel sound that really made sense in the first trailer that came out. That seemed to really fit the style of Black Panther and... The Vince Staples song, I think, that was on some of the more recent trailers just didn't fit it. I think that Weekend and Kendrick song does. Yeah. I don't know if there's a way to slip that, if it's too late to slip that Run the Jewel song back into the soundtrack. But uh, I agree. Yeah, I think that, and we talked about this before, I think LP's production style really just fits any futures. I mean, he could have done Blade Runner. He could have done Star Wars, like any kind of sci-fi stuff. Mm, His production really fits into that. Um, And then... Killer Mike as well, uh, his kind of aggressive style, also befitting of Black Panther. So, yeah, still crossing my fingers for that remix. Don't know if there it's is happen, one but. song on the soundtrack that doesn't have an artist on it, but I don't think it's Killer Mike. They're they're keeping one secret, um, as if like it's going to be a, a late announcement. So King Mez, we'll have to find out. Yeah, maybe King Mez. We'll have to see. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll wait and we'll see that. That's going to come out. Uh, a couple weeks later, the album is going to come out on Friday, and then the movie's going to be coming out the following week. So I will be this there. is what? So I will be there opening yeah. night. If you can get a Can't ticket, if you can get a ticket, man, it's already sold out. I think like we already over. did. Oh, yeah. damn. We're on top of it, man. I've seen maybe six of these Marvel movies opening night True. in a row. So, True. yeah. That's Could, a whole different podcast with, with Marvel and you. All right. So, this is The Weeknd and Kendrick Lamar. Pray for you.
the host of the weekly Carolina Waves radio show on K97.5 in Raleigh, was recently recognized as the number one independent show in the RDU market. She's a super active promoter in the scene and a champion for indie artists. If you're a triangle area hip hop act looking to get played on major radio, you probably already know who she is and you're probably part of why her inbox is always overflowing. Miriam Tolbert, we're glad to have you on the show. What's good? I'm happy to be here. Did you did you run the Mir I Am name by Will I Am, by the way? I didn't. <laughs> it's okay. But he- no, let me tell you something so funny. So, you know, I used to work at WKNC and um, they were like, y'all need to come up with DJ names. This was like 10 years ago. So I was like, oh, and like some black eyed peas was on the radio. So I was like, Miriam, Mira Am. Hey, okay, Mira Am. And I was like, I'm going to change it. 10 years later, I still have the same name. But then this is the funny part. Um, he and uh, was it Jimmy Fallon did a little skit on the Tonight Show and they were dressed up as like high school girls. And Will I Am used the name Mira I Am. As his character. As, oh, dang. So, like, if you Google so Mir, you I am him. this ugly, like, well, Will I am in, like, braces and, like, dressed as a teenage girl comes up. So, when you guys Google my name, no, that's not me. That's Will I am in drag. <laughs> like, with the, with the periods so, yeah, and everything. So, yeah, he stole my, yes. So, he yeah. He stole yours, okay. I, he inspired my name and then he stole my name. It's okay for you to take his thing because he kind of plagiarizes a lot of people, actually. It's kind of his thing. Mm-hmm. He steals a lot. But anyway, so. there. We're, we're excited to have you here. Um, this podcast is an extension of the Super Empty site, so the goal of that is to cover like national stuff as well as cover the North Carolina scene, particularly independent artists that aren't big yet. Um, so I thought, who better to have on the show than someone who's working at a place where Future has to get a certain number of plays every day, Gucci Gang's got to get a certain number of plays, oh but your passion is obviously in getting Ace Henny and Nance and Will Wildfire and all these guys and girls uh, more play on the station. So... Can you just talk a little bit about how you got involved with the station and the process of getting local radio back on after it had been off for a while? Uh, Sure. I've been with K97 for five years in August. Um, I started doing the local music and programming in the beginning of 2016. Um, We got a new program director um, towards the middle of 2015. And when he came in, he said that he wanted to kind of bridge the gap between local artists because he knew the reputation that K975 had for, you know, for not giving a damn. Um, <laughs> was that, was that, to <laughs> be mean, clear, was that the reputation? I, I mean, so. yeah. at that point, absolutely. And I mean, it's still the, the reputation to a lot of people, you know, today. So, um, you know, still work to be done. Um, but when he came in, he said he wanted to do that. And on WKNC, when I had my show there, it was an R&B show, but I used to interview a lot of hip-hop artists that would approach me to be on the air. Um, and a lot of indie R&B artist and it was a show that played the last 20 years in R&B plus like new music that you wouldn't normally hear on the radio so I was kind of you know I kind of had a base in it and knew a lot of people and a lot of artists so um when he asked me to take it over um in at the beginning of 2016 and get him in, in more involved with it um it, it just made sense yeah because there was 919 radio was off for a number of years mm-hmm. but it was a show that k97 had done to promote or mm-hmm. play local acts and then it was off for four years and then it came back with that name and you did that for a year mm-hmm. before the name changed to what it is today with carolina waves exactly yeah it used to be hosted by nikki nicole and wade and they did it in like 2011 for a little bit under a year wade said um was it sundays back then as well Nah, it was uh friday nights okay he said it was like eight o'clock and it was a whole hour of North Carolina music, but he said they stopped doing it because they started to run out of North good North Carolina artists. So, um, uh, yeah, 
And so, I mean, we don't have that problem now. It's like too many good artists. It's like yeah. a surplus. It's crazy. Well, even back then, I would wonder, if, you know, how how deep they were digging versus, I mean, yeah. is it just because there's more now or that they weren't looking that hard? I mean, that's one of the things I would say that it definitely feels like has changed in the time that you've been doing it is, um, you know, thinking about this interview, I was just thinking about how in the past going to a show, you would not necessarily know if K97 was going to be represented in the building or maybe there'd be somebody there, but they might be like in the corner, like by themselves. And now I go to a show, I have the expectation, like basically that you're going to be there and you're going to be talking up a storm with people and hugging people. And it's just a different feeling now knowing that there's someone from the station will be at a lot of the local rap events. Yeah, I I, I enjoy it, honestly. Like I, I have, you know, my favorites that I lo just love to see perform. So it's not something that I do out of duty. Cause you know I don't have to do it. I just love and enjoy doing it. So so many dope artists out here. So and the tickets, I mean, it's like a movie price, like less than a movie price, you know. To go yeah. when people put it in perspective, a lot of people don't want to pay for local shows. But when you really put it in perspective, like that's a Chipotle burrito, <laughs> like it's like seven dollars to get in a well, seven to ten dollars to get into most of these shows. So you know, I like supporting the artists. It's fun. Yeah, I do think with that in mind. Uh, it's still tough to keep people's attention, especially these days. So even with it being a, a reasonable ticket price, you're competing with people just staying in and watching Netflix. Mm -hmm. or, uh, that damn Netflix. Yeah, or going to see Black Panther. Right. Um, so it is uh, nice for K97 with the platform that they have to at least try to direct people in that direction more often because our attention is taken in so many different directions. It's mm, uh, true. You know, every second of every day. But that was the thing I was interested in asking you earlier was um, beyond the show, the weekly one-hour show where you're playing local music on the radio, all the other stuff you're doing, to what degree is that officially or unofficially affiliated with the station where, like, um, like I'm saying, we're seeing you out there makes me think K97 is involved in the community, even if there's not a K97 banner on the backdrop. Um, are you there in a personal capacity or K97 or it's just kind of a mix and that's all right? It mixes. Um, you know, some of it's personal, some of it's, well, when it's an event that I do, if it's like a bigger event, they'll get involved. Like if it's something with Hopscotch or um, Art of Cool or something like that, um, then they'll typically partner you'll see the truck out there and and their presence and visibility um and then there are other things that i do that the station's not really that involved in um like i do open mics mm -hmm. you know every couple of weeks and i have a podcast and um Plug that you know, podcast. yeah carolina ways podcast i interviewed mm -hmm. ninth um it's gonna be up soon and i want to interview people that are kind of in the music industry to give background and insight um somebody else that i interviewed is uh one of the Grammy voting members and he gave me a lot of insight he um, was a music director from Mariah Carey and also Bruno Mars on his latest tour and he just dropped a lot of knowledge about you know touring and all that so just kind of give a behind the scenes glimpse and people who are in the industry they can give some tips and stuff like that. And so. It seems like that complements the artists that are coming to you for publicity for them to both um, for them to hear that and then turn around and use that information to um, try and better their careers. So you're kind of she's closing the loop. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All. Which I think is really important, especially for a local scene uh, like North Carolina. Yeah, and and even with like a lot of the interviews that I'll do that are like mainstream artists, um, I always ask them, you know, what kind of what what was their journey? What did it take for them to get to where they are now? 
and you know what advice would they give to local artists because a lot of the people that are getting on right now I mean they've been out here grinding for years and so you know those words of encouragement and wisdom definitely can help the people that are listening to the show um, that want to know you know what should I be doing to make it or what kind of tips what are the keys to success because there's no one one real way to make it an industry there's not a road map you literally have to throw everything on the wall and then see what sticks you know one person may have gotten signed one way or discovered another person may have gotten discovered and signed another way so um it is it just helps you know to give perspective for people who have the experience that's one of the cool things that you've been doing that i think was again like kind of new to me for the local k97 radio relationship um is just how active you are on social media like not just saying, listen to my show or come to this open mic, but like giving feedback to artists and telling people, you know, just being like really kind of unforgivingly honest to some people about like, hey, if you don't have a press kit, if you don't have these photos, if you don't have a, a Twitter that I can find, like just being honest, I'm not going to play you. Like you need to do some stuff seriously. Um, I was wondering if you could talk about some of the most common things that are like you feel like you're coaching people through a lot of the time or, or just feedback you're giving all the time. Well, the talent is certainly here. I mean, we know that. Um, I think a lot of people don't know, don't know and have the business aspect of it together. Um, the basics, you know, copywriting, trademarking, um, registering your music with BDS, having a performance rights organization like BMI or ASCAP that you're signed up to so you can get paid, logging your performances so you can get performance royalties, um, EPKs so that, you know, you can increase your chance of getting booked, and that's like the first thing record labels mm -hmm. ask for. Um, when considering you and venues and promoters, um, professional pictures is a huge one. If I get one more car selfie, like with <laughs> the like, seatbelt on, I'm like, like, I'm glad you wear like, your seatbelt, yeah, yeah. but like, I, I can't, I can't use this on a flyer. I, this car selfie, this bathroom selfies is just not going to work yeah, for, for what we're that. going for. I love that, that you get bathroom selfies for yeah. people's official artist picture. Just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> One of the ones that just kills me is when you don't have the Spotify, like you don't have the rights to your Spotify name. So I go, like I search you or your single comes up, but you share that page with like other people. Mm. So you have a name and then there's like a country act too on the same page because you both yeah. co-own the page. Yeah. And another one aside from that is um, Shazam. Shazam is like the new request line. We oh, don't yeah, answer request lines. Um, you know, we don't really respond to people saying, play this person's song on social media. Program directors now, they'll look to see how many Shazams an artist has when considering it for a rotation or for airplay. Didn't because that that's G an indication. Yeah, that helped G a lot. Mm -hmm. um, Tigo B is another one. Swift, their Shazams are off the chart. So basically, you know, when it gets played, when, wherever it gets played, people are like trying to identify like, what is that song? Um, but the problem is a lot of people are not taking care of the business aspect where they're buying their beats, having the exclusive rights to oh, it. So, the so somebody else who has the beat will come up. So I think I actually <laughs> saw someone sending that to you. Yeah, so it's like somebody else has the same beat and they have their own song, but and all the Shazams that were supposed to be for you are going to them because you don't have the rights to that song. So it literally everything was for naught. I wish that like you would use that without really being very discerning and you would just play what got the most Shazams and it was someone's beat tape off SoundCloud. <laughs> because yeah. it wasn't the correct it wasn't the correct one. It's crazy. I'm just like, come on, y'all. You know, beats aren't that expensive. And if you know you're gonna push it as a single, just go ahead and buy it, you know, fill out your split sheet, get your situation together and, and go about your business. 
I think that lack of business sense is true across creative. Art. Yeah, cre- creative work. Mm-hmm. It's not just I musicians. Agree. And um, you know, there are places uh, popping up now, uh, co-working spaces and other like offices trying to facilitate that, where you come in as a creative. Or in, in our case, uh, even though we're a creative business, we're in a tech startup building, but still there are places where you can pick up these skills um, without having to go get your MBA. So uh, it's it's helpful. If, if you're a creative, I would seek out that stuff sooner rather than later. Um, Do it early. Go down that, mm-hmm. that path and then you're not getting the opportunities that you deserve for your work. Because, or you're playing catch up. Or you, yeah, exactly. Well, to that point, Miriam, is there any other, I mean, we're speaking about AU here, but um, for businesses, but are there any other resources beyond like just the, the feedback you would give um, personally, like resources that people can seek out that they're like, you send people to, hey, like, go, so-and-so will get you right with this stuff. Or do you just kind of um, send them home with homework? There's not really a business. Well, I do send them home for homework <laughs> because research is key. I don't understand why people don't like you, take YouTube advantage. University. Right. YouTube University, get you a degree. Um, <laughs> Google State, like take advantage <laughs> of all these things that are out here for you. Because it's just, it's different now. If this is a DIY culture, like everything that you need to be an artist, you literally can find out yourself online and you can literally just have your own studio. Like you, you don't need as many parts as you needed before. Um, but in terms of who I work with, um, there's not like, really any type of place set up that artists can go to get knowledge. I mean, there are individuals that, um, that I would recommend people to like Coco Filipina. She's really knowledgeable, um, in the game and, um, Reggie Burrell, he's a Grammy voting member, one of the um, creators of house music. And he's, um, he has his own record label. He's somebody you basically would just need to sit down and like consult with him or possibly, um, a music or entertainment lawyer. But I think you've kind of already, constructed a little bit of that network too just by like who's following along with what you're doing like mm-hmm. when you said like if you say I, like I need someone who's a professional photographer like a bunch of people comment mm-hmm. on the status and people can connect with that person like they, they can dm those people exactly. and reach out um, there's a lot of other talented people around who can help you with all those stu- those things like press kit and you're exactly. typing up a bio and all that stuff yeah I mean um, and getting a pr agent like um tia hart she has a, a PR company that helps out. I know Damo has a PR agency, Medium PR, that she works with. So, um, and Chelsea, she has her own. Chelsea um, Bentley. Chelsea Bentley. She has her own PR company. So, a lot of them can help you, you know, get that business aspect of it together, um, get your bios and everything, mm-hmm. and your EPKs ready. So, one thing I wanted to ask you about was how what you're doing, where you're promoting local artists and you're helping them make that leap, is it can be kind of. I don't know, I feel kind of thankless in certain ways because a lot of damned if you do, damned if you don't situations where you try to help somebody, it, in, it inevitably means that you didn't help somebody else right. and people feel pissed off that they're not getting the same love as somebody else. Yeah. I just wanted to ask about if that affects you at all or how you kind of you just are good at ignoring that or if it bothers um, you and makes you feel For the like most part, I'm good at, at ignoring it. Um, probably 95, 90 to 95% of the time. Um other times it's just like okay word (laughs) (laughs) it's not like get to a point where you're like it it makes it because i know people in a similar situation at times can get to a place of being like what what is the point of me doing this if at the end of the day i'm going to do all the right things 
And people at the end of the day are still going to shit on me because I didn't. I do have to say over the last week, it dropped down to 50. Like, because. <laughs> Current events. <laughs> you know, there was some drama that I'm not even going to get into. But um, people, people definitely, and I think the artist, they get spoiled uh, to a certain extent. Um, and they become, they start to feel entitled and they don't understand that some the people that are work that are on radio right now, like it took them 10 years to get there. It took them five years to get there. It took them thousands of dollars. Four weeks to get here. (laughs) We didn't have this handed to us. Like, (laughs) but it's, you know, you, you don't know the struggle that it took for somebody to get there. And, um, you know, consistent radio airplay, that is not an easy thing to obtain. Um, it is a very difficult thing to obtain and it requires uh, a lot of relationships and it requires a budget. And um, for some reason, artists don't feel like they should have to invest in themselves. Um, that That's what I've noticed as opposed to you know, if you want to be a radio personality or you want to be a designer, you have to go to college. You have to go to school. You have student loans. Artists just expect for everything to be handed to them. Well, why you got to charge me for this? Why you got to charge me for that? Um, when when they approach people, um, and that's just not how it works. If you want to be a doctor, like you gotta you gotta go to school. There are certain things, but as an artist, a lot of that is chopped off because you can do a lot of things on your own and find a lot of things on your own. So there are a lot of things that you can get done for free, but there are just some things. I mean, it's a business at the end of the day that you cannot get around. But um, in terms of, you know, the appreciation thing, I think that people don't understand what the purpose of a radio personality is, or even a DJ, because there are different types of DJs, right? There are DJs who want to rock the club and party. They don't give a damn about your local music. Then there are DJs who actually care and they want to break your music. But for some reason, all artists think that all DJs, their sole purpose in life is to break your music and to break it for free. (laughs) And I mean, if they're they're in the middle of the club and their purpose is to rock the party and dropping your song is going to make people leave the dance floor, then that's not part of their their job description. As a radio personality working in corporate America, um, you know, anything dealing with indie artist and in trying to get them on the air on the radio is not something that's done it's not something that's smiled upon because there's literally no benefit because you run the risk of people tuning out if it's not drake or rihanna or j cole or kendrick lamar and so you always have that chance so there's not really um a financial gain which is like i said at the end of the day it's a business so when you have opportunities like my show for instance um, it's it's definitely something that's outside of the norm. It's not something that you'll see yeah. um, in a lot of markets because we're owned by this by Radio One, Urban One. They have fifty five other markets that they deal with, and you'd be hard pressed to find another indie show aside from maybe Atlanta. We were we were joking about I think last week about like people still thinking that the way to get on is to get the DJ at the end of the night at like one a.m. to play your song, <laughs> like as if people want to hear someone Mm-mm. who they've never heard of at one a.m. Especially not especially at a, a. like a like a boom bap rap song in the middle of the club at 1 a.m. It's like, it's, it's like the car selfies. It's just hard to imagine why people think it this, just but. requires research, finding the, the right people who want to push music that's local and break records versus that guy that's just going to take your money and he probably spends your song at 159. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it just requires research and it's out there. I mean, I post about it all the time and the DJs who do that, 
Um, they post about it frequently, like DJ Delmatic, DJ R&B, mm-hmm. DJ Echo, um, DJ Pack, of course, Wade and Double J um, are some DJs that, that really try to help out local artists. Last thing, I just wanted you to, because we're early in the year, if you could give your kind of people you're watching, people you're looking out for this year, who you think are primed for some some big moves from NC. Um, this and Once kid, again, you will inevitably leave people off who will be so pissed that you didn't say their name, but that's okay. I didn't realize how much power I had until my two little comments the other day. <laughs> Broke the entire NC hip-hop market internet, like... <laughs> um, so my but, whole news feed is you now, and people reacting <laughs> to you. Writing five-paragraph essays and lengthy diatribes. I'm like, bro, chill. Um, artists to look out for. I really like uh, this kid I saw in a couple of showcases recently out of Charlotte. His name is Sonny Demand. He's dope. Um, he has a dope performance live show. What's, and he's what's really the name good. again? Sonny Demand. S-U-N-N-Y-D-A, okay. man. Um, Juice, of course. Juice Lord. Um, Juice okay. Lord. I, I've probably seen him perform like 50 times, <laughs> like over the last year, half of that on my shows um, and right. half yeah, of that a, like other, on your shows. yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta relax on juice until it's like something big. Um, but yeah, I, I love juice Lord. I love Ace. Um, I love Hasina. Um, mm, yeah. Ten. I saw them for the first time at, at the Mbala show. Yeah. Umbala is another one. Sorry, I'm saying them like I thought it was a group, but she has dancers. It's just her. Yeah, it's she just has her. dancers on stage. Yeah. Um, cool. So like um, 3 a.m. is another one that's really uh, somebody to look out for. Um, it's honestly so many. Like, I mean, G is obviously dope. He had a successful 2017. I'm just trying. I'm looking forward to seeing what Say he's going to do yeah. in 2018. Like, he's one of the artists that I pitched for rotation and it worked <laughs> That's awesome. like i was because you know it, it's just not easy to get in rotation but the more that an artist kind of proves their value and worth the easier it makes that email because he already had had like yeah two he's got million, the youtube views and the he facebook had two views million views and then facebook and then a couple of other markets were playing him and um so when i said that email i was like you know we should consider like some like rotation and he was like okay so it's a good i mean i know this was supposed to be the last thing but that's a good case for any rappers or people who are upset about stuff like there's a this is a case study in Mm -hmm. when you he doesn't have any kind of institutional backing whatsoever you know it just goes to show that when you have the streams when you have the youtube views or the facebook views like well, and the, and the you can prove it, speak, and Miriam just sends an speak. email to somebody in the station and says, look, this guy's, this guy, people want to hear him. The case can be made, and you can get on in rotation. Like, and, it's not impossible. he has the press, all the things you mentioned before, too. He has the press kits. He has the yes, he has Twitter handle together, you can yeah. find. He has the photos. It's all consistent like, and the same. He literally has his brand together. Because mm-hmm. he works with fine companies like Runaway. <laughs> obviously, the finest of companies. Um, <laughs> but it, it just makes it a lot easier if you have all your ducks in a row because Drake and Rihanna and they all have their ducks in a row. You yes. know what I'm saying? So <laughs> what people need to understand Imagine is that Drake Carson <laughs> right. as his official artist. So. <laughs> um, you're not competing against the, the top local artists in your market. You're literally competing against the major artists to mm-hmm. get airplay. Um, so that just should just make you grind harder. And, you know, if the numbers are there and, you know, you got your business together, that, that really makes a case for you. Mm-hmm. That you can, you know, try and pitch yourself. And those Shazams, that, that's the key. Those are the gems from Miriam. Just <laughs> dropping those gems like always. Um, we really appreciated having you on. 
if you ever wanted us to host the afternoon traffic jams or anything, just let us know. We can I handle it. You know, we'll Brian, on the just take the day off. We got this covered. <laughs> can you mix? It. Uh, no. Can, so you're going to do the drive at five mix. This, if I can be Podman for a month, then we're going to have to get you a little controller so you can, you know, go ahead yeah, and yeah. mix us a nice little North Carolina set together. To be fair, Gabe and I did DJ one night at Quarter Horse, and I felt like I was making some uh, significant progress. So okay. give me one more night. You can come. People will, will do something there, a little showcase, and then I'll, I'll just give my us worth. like the 3 a.m. slot, the 4 a.m. slot. Okay. Okay. What's your, uh, what's your DJ name? You got you to gotta think of it. That's DJ kind of name. a point of contention, actually. <laughs> He's actually working on a rework of the name. Well, I, oh. I, don't, I personally don't have a name. Gabe and I had a, have a name. But it was kind of problematic. Point is maybe saved for another pod. but Because uh, <laughs> this one's going so well, I don't really want... Don't paint it. The <laughs> don't paint it. Blow up. All right, this, this segment has gone over by about, I don't know, 45 seconds to five minutes. But it's been awesome. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you for having me. She know me very well. Jabari, I know it very well. I got around guards, no carousel. When it got deep, grew wings and parasail. Read the Bible way more than fairy tales. Started when the elevator took the stairwell. Watch him stairwell, yeah, I'm very well. See these pretty wings, I'm Maxwell. I'm fortunate, I'm the sexiest, I'm a dumb boy. To round out the show today, we're hashtag blessed to be talking to Super Empty contributor and rap obsessive Jimmy Brandley. Jimmy wrote a piece a couple weeks ago about Born Sinner. And uh, you definitely had a couple twists and turns in there. You were super critical, and I thought this was going to be basically how I feel about the album, which is that I don't like it that much. And then it turned out to be your favorite <laughs> album. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I started listening to J. Cole in like 2000... God, when was that? It probably been like 2009, 2010. And so, you know, like I mentioned in the piece, up until that point, I was like a pretty big fan of him, both as a rapper and then as an individual. And that album in particular... While I enjoyed it artistically, him as a person kind of turned me off about it. And so for the past, what, like five, almost five years now, I still have very, very mixed feelings about the album because it's just, yeah. it, it is, a, when you look at it as an individual going through something, it's a very, it's a little bit easier to empathize. But if you also look at it as like, wow, this guy's kind of a jerk, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's of, rough to listen to. Yeah. Um, and see in the building. Guy's kind of a jerk. No, but I, I like the better, the newer stuff better. But anyways, you, this week you're writing something about Drake, specifically with the songs that just came out. Um, I think you tweeted it like the next day or something, or I, I hit you up and you were like, I just need to write something about how Drake is bored right now. That was just like, that's how I feel. And, and I was like, dude, write it. So that's coming out today, the same day as this podcast. Yeah, so I've been kind of feeling this way for a pretty hot minute. And I, it's something I've been trying to like put into words. And I, I successfully did it over the past week. Um, the readers really, will be the judges of that. All right. Yeah. Good point. So, but really, when I heard God's plan and diplomatic immunity, I was immediately just like, he just doesn't, he doesn't care. God's plan is the same Drake song we've been hearing for the past five or 10 years. There's nothing <laughs> different about it. You know, musically, it's fine. I thought it was like a Playboy Cardi song, actually. Really? <laughs> I could see it. It, it. it was like, it sounds fine. It's just like, oh, I could just throw it on in the background. Like, mm -hmm. it's rap easy listening. But then when you get into it, it's like, this is nothing new. And then even Diplomatic Immunity, I felt like he felt bored. Like the rapping was like decent, but vocally he was just kind of like rapping at this voice that was just very bored. And I was like, oh, he's doing a little bit of wordplay. And then he brags about his Billboard Awards. And I was just like, right, which was the intro to your piece. Right. And that's what I struggle with. I've, and 
I put a lot of context about why I str- why I have problems with where Drake is now, but you know it's a very weird thing to brag about a Billboard award because <laughs> all the Billboard's awards are are they are not artistic at all. It's just I sold a whole lot of records, whether that be albums, whether that be songs, whether that be streams. It's just I sold a whole lot, and to me, just bragging about that feels. It makes sense when it's the first time right. you've gotten platinum. It's like, all right, that's cool. You should brag about that. That's a big de- deal. Drake's been doing this for almost a decade now. There's no real reason for him to be bragging about getting this many. And to compare to Pierce, like he's the only, really the only one that does that. When yeah. you think about the the upper tier of rap, that like well, Cole and Kendrick and those types, are, they're not talking about how many records they sold. I, really. I don't think really any i know jay has consistently had raps about him having like a certain number of number ones or maybe he hasn't even bragged about it it's more so he's always intentionally structured Who are you talking about jay you're talking about jay cole jay-z, jay-z sorry yeah. yeah so jay-z is always intentionally structured when his album drops so he always gets number one and you know we know how many platinum albums he has but with drake it's like compared to everybody else really he's just really stuck on his sales numbers nobody else really cares and again you know <laughs> a lot of artists the first time they'll talk about it cool fine but you know what Kendrick doesn't care he's making a lot of money he doesn't need to get on get on Twitter and be like hey he's guys he's making a movie soundtrack like, and be like, yeah. man another another platinum album for damn man I feel good today right right yeah I think it's I mean it's a really good point like when you compare it to someone like we brought up we started the show with Black Panther and how he's working on that soundtrack and comparatively like what are the other side projects and things that unless there's something I'm not aware of you know that Drake's doing other than worrying about you know the what is this drake it's kind of like very lebron-esque like worrying about my legacy what where is this gonna yeah. be remembered and you brought up coach calipari in the right in the piece his interview on his podcast right so in the interview in his podcast he mentions that one of the the reason he likes sports so much is that there's a clear defined winner because there are very clear statistics and there are this not is a drake quote drake quote sorry there are not those same statistics in rap which he struggles with and so my assumption is that at some point he realized he's never going to get those rap accolades right like he He's never going to be considered a top five rapper. He's going to be probably the highest selling rapper, at least for the next decade or two. But he's never going to be one of those top five guys because rap fans are fickle. You know, I think there was a period that if he had stayed along that same consistent quality as nothing was the same, I think he would have been in that conversation just based on the way he was writing at that time and was able to evoke emotion and the way that he was writing flows. But, you know, in the aftermath of control and everything else, he was just like, you know what? I'm just going to get these sales numbers because I'm making a whole lot of money and I'm happy. And really, if you look at what he does, you know, at some point, what it seems like is most of these bigger rappers, they start to get these side hustles, right? You kind of kind of touched on it a little bit, but, you know, Kendrick has primarily been the art, but he's doing this little soundtrack thing, which is cool. J. Cole seems to be very invested in his label. J. Cole's side hustle is being a regular dude. Right. That's and that's like the other thing. He doesn't thing. really care about it. But, you know, if you look at Jay, you know, he, yes, he was rapping a lot at that time, but he was also managing a label and just doing all this other business stuff. Kanye started to get diverted into fashion. But at this point, Drake's been making the Raptors. <laughs> Drake has been making <laughs> Drake's been making music for so long and it's just like the same thing the same thing and he had hinted at like switching over to rapping for some period or excuse me acting for some period of time and I like I wish he would just like just leave put the mic down for like a year maybe hmm. two hmm. maybe five just D'Angelo us I'd be totally okay with that that basketball <laughs> analogy is interesting because as much as there are clear defined statistics and I know you're not making this case but <laughs> Uh, Are we about to go to James Harden? No, no, no. Although I was thinking about Russell Westbrook when you talked about just like stat chasing for Drake. Um, (laughs) But 
even in, in this idea that, yes, basketball has stats and there's a clear defined winner and loser, when you do think about legacy, it is much more difficult because you have eras of basketball, like comparing Bill Russell to LeBron. It's like, well, they played at different times. The game wasn't the same. You know, Jordan didn't have hand checking or whatever. So there's like, even with these stats, when you're talking about accolades and their legacy in the pantheon of their profession, I don't know that music and, and basketball are different in that particular case. And I, I get where Drake is going, but. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think, yeah, I agree with you. And I think the thing with Drake is at this point too, you know, you mentioned, you know, there are different generations and basketball players. And so it's hard to compare like Michael Jordan to a Wilt Chamberlain. I think Drake's goal, if I was to guess, is for him to have such a strong legacy just based on the numbers that you can't really argue mm. with him. And I would go as far as to say he's you know he's getting to that point where you know now that he's surpassed jay-z for like the high i think it's like 22 top 10 singles he's doing these kinds of numbers to the point where once we look back on it you know there's nothing we could say other than he's basically the highest selling rap artist like the only person i think at yeah, this eminem. point that that he would have to surpass would be right. eminem and that's because eminem's fans have actually been going out and buying albums for his whole career even the newest one. Even the Alarmingly. newest one. I don't. I like. I don't. I just checked Twitter like a few minutes ago. It said European tour has already sold out, and I was like, man, he's headlining. Dude, it's so weird. He's headlining every North major America. festival. It's like, who wants that? Well, apparently, I don't know. Well, this I don't thing, know. Though, those he's, a, he's a legacy act, right? So even if he does a few songs in there off of Revival, at the end of the day, you're still gonna hear Stan. You're gonna hear. I mean, my it, name love is the, love the way you lie, or my name is, yeah. and you'll people will still be happy with their show, even though we're all just sitting here like. What the hell is he doing right now? This is terrible. I have a prediction question for you on the way out. So for a guy who's obsessed with trophies and competition, do you see another best rap album for him in the next few years? Since he only has the one. No. Which one is that for? No, uh, no it's not. It's Take Care. Yeah, I think Take I think Yeah, Take Care one that take year. Take Care right? is the only one that he has. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? You wouldn't think he has one best rap album. But it speaks to your thing about he got progressively less interested in I mean, nothing was the same. I don't know what what year that was. That, that was won. 2013. So that was actually he double lost because if it wasn't Macklemore, it would have been Kendrick. Right. Yeah. So he was <laughs> never going to win that. Even yeah. though I I strongly feel like that's his best album. But that's that's a separate conversation. I don't think I don't think Drake cares about the Grammy stuff anymore either because he's like, oh, they're biased against me. I'm, he knows he's never going to win in the Grammy area either because it's like, I mean, really realistically, if. Kendrick can't get like a best album of the year three times in a row. Drake just knows, like. It, well, he will because he'll win the next one. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, whatever I he does next. Yeah, I just the, don't blame the Black him. Black Panther soundtrack. No, yeah, yeah, some whatever comes after that. So yeah, I don't. Drake's not gonna worry about that. Instead, he's just gonna keep like he knows. Like God's plan should not have been a hit like this, right? Like it's catchy, sure, but it's the same same thing we want or not want. Excuse me, it's the same thing we'd be getting. And apparently, like the the general audience is like, ooh, this is great. And so if he just spits out an album full of those, he's gonna make like a bunch of money. He's be able to go on tour, make a bunch more tour money. Like why focus on the art? I wish he would as a fan, and I know that he has that album in him to make. Like because I just don't think he has that classic, even though I think he has the team around and make it yeah he could do that he's just choosing not to at this he could just do the the culture to two hour album but yeah it's been we'll, we'll talk about that another time <laughs> but it's been good having you man all right thank you for being on the show thank you by the time this episode drops jimmy's drake piece should be live on the site go check that out follow us on twitter at super mtnc follow him at jimmy brandley and stop clicking on that double xl clickbait bullshit justin do you have any final thoughts 
Uh, I would like to second that. And uh, thanks to our guests, we found out today that Shook Ones Part 2 came out. Well, today. This- not the day you'll hear this podcast. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Unimportant information. We don't need the timeline. We just need to know that Shook Ones Part 2, a very important instrumental in the canon of hip-hop, a lot of... Uh, the entire Eight Mile movie is basically built off the strength of that beat. So, uh, shout out to Shook Ones Part 2. We'll see you with Episode 5 next week. Peace. Uh, we know what you're thinking, love. You think we out smoking and drinking, love. Pushing big whips, chains clinking, love. But y'all really know me like you think you know me. We know how you speculate Thinking we gon' hit your friend if you object to date Claim we're early and be showing up extra late Love But y'all don't really know me like you think you know me They don't be saying that I'm humble, I'm hella nice But that I've been approached to sign a Rockefeller twice They just tell you all the rumors they heard And we laugh soon as you come and tell me